and uh, we'll, we'll release and worship in a moment. Um, I, I've been uh, really overwhelmed with the, the deepening re- revelation of waiting on the Lord is rest, but it's rest in motion. And uh, as I pondered it and, and, and delve into the scriptures more, there's a, it, it, it's an inseparable correlation between waiting and resting in the Lord. Uh, it's hard to wait on the Lord, isn't it? Um, we're in a very fast society, and we want instant reactions, and we want instant access and gratifications, and everything about even our politics in this country is how to gratify people uh, in order to, to get people to vote for you. It's all about, even, it's even crept into churches, and uh, where, where the attitude a lot more is how to entertain and uh, how to not challenge people uh, with, with issues of the world or the flesh so that they don't withdraw and, uh, and go to another watering hole. Everything's about gratification. And, and we're in a place now in this world where uh, even as prophets uh, Amos and Micah and Ezekiel said that, uh, that, that truth, there would be a famine for truth in the world. And we're at that place. Some say we're creeping into that place, but I say we're there. There's a famine for truth. People are looking for truth. And so what that does is open the gates for a lot of answers to come that aren't necessarily the truths of God. And the truth of God is in his word, and it's communicated by his word and by his Holy Spirit to us on the basis and the foundation of his word. And there's something about an appetite, uh, a spiritual appetite, a physical appetite. A spiritual appetite is one that can only be satisfied by the presence of God in his word. And that's what satisfies a spiritual appetite. Um, But Unlike a physical appetite, you know, when, when we're hungry, uh, we satisfy that by eating more food. And, uh, and in that instance, then, you know, we're satisfied with, with that hunger and we react to it because it seems natural. But in a spiritual appetite, the, the less that we eat, uh, the more that we move away, we become less hungry for the things of the Spirit. So it's actually an opposite, a paradigm. And in that instance, there's a famine for truth in the earth because the, the heritage of what God has given us has been eliminated in many, many ways. And one of the scriptures that the Lord gave me um, came out of Jeremiah. And uh, I'm just going to, I'm not going to even use any most of the notes that I've written only because I, I really want to be able to uh, to just hit these few points and then for us to move on. But out of Jeremiah, he tells us about moving to a place where there's a crossroads. And I want to read out of Jeremiah 6.16, if I may. 6.16. Jeremiah 6.16. The crossroads that I perceived we're in is one as a people, 
One is humanity, one is the body of Christ, and many of us in our own personal ways are at crossroads. We're at places where we're making decisions. And Jeremiah was speaking to the Israelites at that time with a word that they really didn't want to hear. And he says, thus says the Lord. Notice that the very first thing that he says is, this is the word of the Lord. This is truth. This is something you could stand upon because the people were confused and they were lost and they were perplexed and they were without a passion for the things of God. And he said, stand by the roads and look. And the better interpretation is by the crossroads. Stand at the crossroad and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and then walk in it and find rest for your souls. But the people cried back to him and said, we will not walk in it. We're at a crossroads, and many of us are at that crossroads right now, and as I said, as a corporate body of Christ, certainly at a crossroads. And the Lord is saying, look, and, and look at the ancient paths. Well, what are the ancient paths? The ancient paths happen to be the light, the lamp of the Word of God. He's the ancient of ancients. And uh, some years back, I was in Israel, and I was with uh, Guillermo Maldonado, just he and I, and he was in one room and I was in the next room, and we landed, and it was a tiresome trip. If you've ever made that trip, it's a long trip. Most people take a rest or a nap after they get in, and I did not. I was led, I was gifted and blessed with a room that had a balcony that was overlooking the western wall. And, uh, you know, what, what better place could you stick a guy like me than there? And I wasn't about to let that view go to waste. And so I was on that balcony uh, praying in the Spirit and worshiping in my own psalms and reading the Word of God. And this went on, and it seemed it started like at 5 o'clock uh, in the evening, and the sun had gone down, and, and it became midnight. And I knew we had some important meetings starting at 7 in the morning and I finally said, I need to lay down. And when I did, within a few minutes, I heard a, a rustling in my room. And I thought it was Guillermo. And I thought he was needing something or something. I said, what is it? Are you okay? And there was no answer. And then as I looked, I saw a cloud in the corner of my room. And I looked into the cloud, and the cloud moved over the top of my bed. And all of a sudden, it opened up, and I could see into the heavenlies but it was all as if it was in a microscopic mirror in, in a little television view, and it grew bigger. And words and ancient numbers and things began to pour out of it, and they began to pour into me, and they framed me. And as I looked at them, and I saw a, a scroll, and on the scroll I could tell it said ancient, the ancient of days. And it was the ancient paths. And I realized that now, as I look at that word, it was a call back to at the crossroads in my life then and coming forth now to look at the ancient ways. The ancient ways are the ancient one, and he's the ancient of ancients, and he's from the beginning of time, and that's where the truths are. But there's only one way that you and I can really move into that shadow, that place of mystery, and that's by being in him and him in us. As we just right now went into communion and that's why Jesus prayed in John 17, Father, I pray, you and me, me and you, that we be in them so that they can be one with us. And that's the oneness of being in him. 
And when we're in him and we're at the crossroads, we already know the path and the light to take in every situation in our lives, but we need to wait and we need to rest. It's very hard, beloved, to wait in the flesh. I'm going to go and say it's almost impossible to wait in the flesh. You may linger in the flesh. You may just tolerate in the flesh, but it it wounds us. When we're waiting in the flesh, we begin to get bitter. We begin to get rejected. We begin to get abandoned. We begin to get sad. We feel persecuted. We, all these feelings begin to rush into us because in the flesh, we have no way of processing it. But when we're in him and he's in us, then those things can't attach to us. And there's an exchange, as we said right here, and the pain ends up exchanging for the purpose of God and the plans and purposes he has for us. And the persecution that Paul spoke about ends up becoming acceptance. And the abandonment ends up coming with a total transformation. And we move to a greater strength. We have more faith. And we realize that this is the the transition, the process of perfecting that takes us from a glory to a, a greater glory. It's all in that place. It's in that place. And the people in Jeremiah's time are no different than the people in our time. They don't want to take the choice of God at the crossroads. They prefer to persecute. They prefer to try to convince and even raise up the children of this generation in, in, a, in a mindset of failure and in a mindset that there's not unity and can't be unity and, and in a mindset that we understand is called by some a cancel culture, but what it is for us is losing the ancient ways and the ancient paths. Many people have been oppressed. Many cultures have been oppressed. Many have been chased all over the world. But some that have held on to their heritage have found ways where God ultimately delivered. I think of the Hebrews scattered the diaspora all over the world, put in slavery for 430-some years, but that wasn't the end of the slavery. Every culture they ended up was some type of a slavery for a while. Ultimately, the Holocaust. And in that sense, there was still a plan and purpose of God in that absolute abandonment. In something that made absolutely no sense whatsoever, out of it was birthed, that little small nation of Israel. But you see, it's bigger than just having a homeland for Jews. It's the place that the Messiah is coming back to. It was preparing, if you will, the landing pad for the Messiah to come to Jerusalem. For some mysterious reason, he says, that's the city I love more than any other city. It's my city. And that's where he's coming back to. And so we're at a crossroads, that same crossroads where we're being asked, are we going to let go of the things of the past and look to the things of the future? Are we going to wait in him and be those who are being perfected to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord? We're at a very, very special crossroads in all of eternity that's written in Scripture, and that is to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. And we can only know what to do if we're in that place. We can only know what we should do personally and as a body together if we're only in that place. And some are in and some are out. Some are grazing in the green pastures and resting in those lands and being restored and refreshed by the still small waters where God is moving. And others are outside nibbling. Some are called sheep that rest and graze in the pastures. And some are called goats that eat the residue of whatever they can grab 
It doesn't matter. And so we're at that crossroads. And as we're at that crossroads, and I was asking the Lord to give me something that I could share, visual, with people to understand, this is what I got. And I, I saw a spaceship. And the spaceship was in space. And it was moving so fast, incredibly fast through space to a destination. But inside of it was you and was me and all of us who were inside and waiting on him. And inside of it, we had no burdens. We had no weight. We were floating. We were totally, totally left alone from the resistance and the gravity of the world and the systems of the world. We were free. And even though the spaceship we were in was moving at tens of thousands of miles per hour, it was as if we weren't moving at all. We were inside of it, waiting to get to the place we were to go. And in the meantime, we were being nourished and kept safe. And the friction of all the problems of the world and the systems was outside of us. It had no impact on us. We are waiting in Him. And in that place, there's a rest, and that rest is in motion. And you may not feel it. You may not know it. It may be incomprehensible at this time to you, but you're headed somewhere. You're headed somewhere that's a plan and purpose of God if we're in Him, and He's in us. And in that place of, of refuge, He calls it dwelling in the, in the place of the safety of the Most High. In that place, it says that He will protect us that he will supply all of our needs as we just pursue the kingdom of God. So how do we wait upon the Lord and rest? First of all, we determine and know that being in Christ Jesus is resting in him. And if so, there's a plan and purpose in your life. And I want to just close with these few mottos, these few statements, if I may, that I felt to be quite appropriate as I researched, and I want to share them with you. C.S. Lewis said, getting over a painful experience is much like crossing monkey bars. You have to let go at some point in order to move forward. Another person said, decisions sometimes prove to be the hardest to make, especially when it's a choice between where you should be and where you really want to be. Dwight Moody said, let God have your life. He can do more with it and better than you can. Again, C.S. Lewis says it hurts to let go, but sometimes it hurts more to hold on. Let go of the past so that God can open the door to your future. And when you finally let go, something better comes along. And then this one. To heal your wound, you need to stop touching it. Let it heal. Letting go doesn't mean you don't care about someone anymore. It's just realizing that the only person you really have over control of yourself is yourself. And the more we let God take us over, the more truly ourselves we become. Because he made you. We always struggle so hard to hold on, but God says, 
to let go. Beloved, God sees the whole picture. Your future is not going to be found in your past. Your future is going to be found in Him moving towards the future. The present's a good place to wait and rest. And so when we submit to that and move in Him, resting in Him, He'll take us to the ultimate place we need to be, and there's an exchange that goes on. There's an exchange that goes on. I don't want to oversimplify it, and I don't want to overcomplicate it, and I don't want to stretch out the, the message today. God moved, and that was enough for us. But I will say this to you. If there's one point that I might share, one practical point about how to move into Him, to wait in Him, and to rest in Him, it's this. Take a pause and invite Him in. Take a pause and invite Him in. Take a pause and invite Him in. And it's in that still, small, quiet place that He'll begin to exchange and all that clutter will begin to diffuse. Father, help us, Lord, to, to take the simple path that You've given us. Your ways are simple. They're easy. Help us, Father, to put a pause on all those things that are floating around in our minds and our emotions and our fears. And, 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 and as we try to measure our future by the past and by hurts and wounds or abandonments, whatever they are, Lord, help us, Father, to be able to, to open up our hearts to you and say, Lord, let me take a pause. Let me take a pause. Father, I invite you in to this and let me float inside of you. Father, I know you're moving us to the place you want us to be as a body of Christ, as a church, as individual people. You said you'll never forsake us nor leave us, but Lord, sometimes we leave you. We forsake you, but still, still, by your grace, you hold on to us and you stay close and you don't let go. You don't let go. Even when we do, you don't. So Lord, take us all into that secret place with you. Let us walk in and ask you to put us there. And in that place, Father, move. Move us towards the destiny, the plans, the purposes, the peace. Father, if there's one exchange we know in that secret place, it's that the chaos of life is subdued by the peace of God. Let your peace, Father, let your peace be in us as we're in you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Be blessed, O oh Lord. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.